One of my all-time favorite movies is August Rush. Wizard, played by Robin Williams, said, You know what music is? God's little reminder that there's something else besides us in the universe. Harmonic connection between all living beings, everywhere, even the stars. In today's episode, we'll be visiting with Christy Skousen. She made her Carnegie Hall debut at age 18 and has performed as a soloist and with orchestras throughout the United States, Europe, and Russia. As we visit, she shares her personal feelings about music and how it's magical and how we can find balance and healing in our lives through music. Welcome to Karen the Load Podcast. It's Annette, and I am here with Christy Skousen. She is an incredible lady. I met her a couple of years ago when she moved into my neighborhood, and I asked her to accompany my son um, at an event for, for women, and, and she was incredible, and it was the most beautiful musical number. And so thank you, Christy. Thank you for joining us and being a part of this podcast. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for asking me. You are so welcome. A few weeks ago, Mark and I were chatting and we were talking about the power of music and the influence it has had in in our family's life and, and throughout, you know, really society. And before we get too far into this, I want to read a little bit about your bio. I actually went online and I found some things on your website after, um, you know, we got talking a little bit, but friends, you are going to love this podcast. Christy Skousen is the founder of Peary Piano Academy in Mountain View, California, and the author of Peary Piano Curriculum, a certification and training system for piano teachers. Mrs. Skousen's primary teachers included Dr. Irene Peary Fox and Leon Fleischer. She gave her Carnegie Hall debut at age 18 and has performed as a soloist and with orchestras throughout the United States, Europe, and Russia. She has served on the faculty of the San Francisco Conservatory Preparatory division and teaches students around the world online in partnership with Artist Works. Her students are frequent prize winners in local and national competitions. Wow. (laughs) I just want to off the bat ask you, how many students have you taught? I started teaching when I was nine, so I honestly don't even know. The neat thing about my students is they just tend to be amazing people. And wherever they are in the world, they're just phenomenal contributors to whatever community they're in. I love hearing what they're doing. And I, I mean, they're fast, they're fascinating, interesting, curious, hardworking, disciplined, all those things, you know, to put up with me 
they kind of have to be. <laughs> I love that. Crazy I love people. those descriptions <laughs> and that ripple effect yeah. that you have had on all of these people, but you have no idea. I hopefully for good. That's I, I am sure for good. So, you know, I, I was telling you before how important music has been to me and in my life. And, you know, one of the things that for me, music does, it is, it calms me down. Mm. Not only does it bring me joy and, and lift me up, and, but it, it has a way of touching my soul and my spirit in, in so many ways that are healing. And when life got really crazy and stressful, when, when our son, um, especially when our son was, was struggling with his brain tumor, I loved it when my youngest son, who had this gift of music, not only piano, but, but vocals, and then he would just go in and start playing the piano. Sometimes it was just simply the piano. Sometimes he would sing. And I could feel not only the tension in the house, the level go down, but also within. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it brought such peace to me. And so I have always just recognized there is a power to music that is far beyond just the beauty of listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I, I think of it as almost magical because you almost, I, I can't explain why that is, but I, I've had a similar experience in so, so many ways that one that came to mind when you were just talking is, um, yeah, to calm you down as I, I started playing when I was five. I, I mean, music was always in my house, but I started playing when I was five and have been playing my whole life. And I, I didn't realize what an intense person I was until I stopped practicing. When I first started having children, I um, took a break from, from practicing it in such uh, an intense way. And wow, like I, I didn't realize how much was being funneled <laughs> through my music. I thought I was pretty kind of laid back and, maybe a little jolly. I don't know. And when I stopped practicing, it just pow, like, wow, I'm an intense person, but it was just super channeled through the music every day in my practice. And it just really balanced me out. And I don't know what my childhood or growing up or, you know, going my adolescence would have been like without it. It just really leveled me out and made me balanced and super happy. I'm really so grateful just the process. And I think also hearing it, hearing it in my house all the time, hearing it when I was practicing, hearing my mom's students play. It's just, it is, it, it vibrates in our cells in a way that I don't quite understand. And it has an emotional and a physical effect on us. So I'm, I'm so grateful for it in my life. But like you said, it changes the mood of everything in your house and your spirit, everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. So here you grow up. In a, in a home where there is this beautiful music mm-hmm. and um, with that, did you feel like you had to learn to play the piano? Or was it just this in this love, this natural, I want to be, a, I want to, I want to play. I want to be like my mom. Yeah. A lot. I mean, 
Yes, it was a requirement to play the piano in our home. So my mom was um, a concert pianist and the, the kind of mythical story was that she was pregnant with me when she gave her Carnegie Hall debut. So really, you know, if you can wow. say, I, it was my second time at 18 years old, but so she was still practicing a lot. She went to Juilliard and got her bachelor's and master's and had her first two kids in New York. I was the second. Um, so she was practicing a lot when I was born. And I remember she would, she was making a record when I was very young. So she would drag us to the recording studios and would always get a different board game every week. But we were um, always with her at the recording studios. She would start to practice as soon as we went to bed. So she would teach all day. So we'd hear her students. And then she would practice when we went to bed. And all of us got used to her playing so much that we couldn't fall asleep unless she was playing. My younger brother actually, after she's Whenever she wasn't practicing for something, he would just play a record, you know, because he couldn't fall asleep without listening. And so, I mean, so she was a really high level pianist and high level teacher. And so I was really exposed to um, really great, both both in performance and in content, great classical music. Always. It was never not in my life. I personally loved it. I did. I wanted to practice. I never had to be asked to practice. I, there's, there's a picture of me, my parents bought like a two octave keyboard, you know, like a plastic thing with uh, chord buttons for the left hand and you play the tune in the right hand. And I remember staring at kind of the little music that came with it and trying to figure it out. And so I've always been able to just reading music has been super fascinating, fascinating to me. I don't remember not being able to read it. Um, and I love, I mean, when I say this, I don't love practicing, but I do like practicing. I like the process of it. It's um, really interesting to me. It feels like a bunch of puzzle, almost like a jigsaw puzzle. Like you start off with this a thousand pieces or, you know, maybe when you start out, it's like those jumbos with the squares and the frame and you have all the pieces and then you work to get a picture, you know, and, and as you get more complicated, it's more pieces, but it's figuring it out and going daily to kind of see patterns and um, make sense of things. And at the end, you get this beautiful picture or it's almost for, for me, it's like being a partner with these amazing genius composers that their music exists when I play it. And what I tell, one of the things I tell um, my students is the reward of you practicing all those hours is you get to be the one to play this. You get to decide what you want to do with it, how you want to play it. If you want to play it, I mean, we can talk about what Beethoven wanted and, you know, or if you're trying to win a competition or something, but at the end of the day, if you want to play at whatever speed you can, you can bring out any melody, you can take time anywhere you want. I mean, that's your prerogative. And if I don't practice, I don't get to choose I don't get to make those choices. So um, I I always loved, yeah, I, I loved it. I wasn't one that was forced. My brothers were both <laughs> really accomplished pianists because they were forced up until, it was a rule, two hours a day until ninth grade. That's our famous Peary rule. I love how you talk about practicing. And, you know, to me, the word that kept coming to my mind was you created this masterpiece. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful masterpiece. And you can take all these pieces 
of, you know, the puzzle pieces and all these things. But as you practice, it becomes yours. Yes. As you put that time in, as it becomes a part of you in creating that beautiful music. That's right. That's right. And, and I just, I love that, that thought that, that, um, that visual that you created in my mind for me, as you, you shared that, that story, our children all needed to take lessons and, and three of them was piano and one, it was uh, the violin. Okay. And I just, I enjoy having, you know, music in the home. I wish I could play. I wish I could play the piano. You know, I can read music. I can, you know, sing and vocally, but I wish I could sit down and play the piano because I didn't put in the practice. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I, I now look back and I, I just think, Oh, I wish I would have. Yeah. And, but I, I enjoy the gifts of others. Right. And have it a part of my life and really appreciate that for sure. What would you, if I just threw out a couple thoughts here about the power of music and how, you know, we've kind of talked about this in a roundabout way, but, you know, good and bad. How do we instill this love and this appreciation? What, one in our own lives, but in our children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know how well I've done it. Um, I have four children of my own. And in California, my studio primarily, once they were older. So my youngest, my oldest was the most exposed to my own playing. Or when he was born, I was still playing. Um, and then... As they got old, I played less and less the more <laughs> children <Wow>. I had. <laughs> it was hard. I was so tired, but I couldn't do what my mom did and start practicing at 11 o'clock at night or something. Um, but, and, and then we, my studio was often in a separate building. We'd have these outbuildings wherever we lived. And so they didn't even necessarily hear my um, students play. So, they, I, I did, you know, did what I was raised to do, which is all my kids had to start piano at five and they didn't have to practice for two hours a day, but, um, they did have to take until, well, the, the idea was ninth grade and I've done better or worse at that. But what I've noticed is, um, classical music for me, it, it was always in my house and I've played it so much, um, but one, it is tied to work for me. So I don't listen to it for enjoyment. Like I don't sit down at the end of a day. Sometimes I do, but rarely and listen to something classical. Um, so when we were in the car, Sundays I play classical music, but when we were in the car, I love popular <laughs> music um, of all different genres. And I love musicals. That's what we would listen to. And what's interesting is my kids love that. So they love, I mean, popular music from all different decades. I, I, I get so proud when just a random song comes on and they know it. I'm like, how do you know this? This is like great momming. So I just love that you, of course, I take credit. Musicals. So I think a lot of it's exposure, like in terms of what, how to get your kids to love it. Even with some of my students, I'll ask, 
you know, their parents will complain and say, not complain, but be concerned. Um, you know, Jimmy, I, Jimmy, so I can say the same. Jimmy doesn't love to practice. What do I do? And I'll say, do you ever take, take him to a concert? Like how much music does he hear? And they'll say no. I mean, they just put them in these classical piano lessons and expose them to zero amount of classical music. And it's complicated music in the sense of it's long, doesn't necessarily have a lot of repetition. It takes your brain a while. It's like translating a language. You have to hear it a lot to make sense of it. Otherwise, you just hear it and it, it doesn't make sense. And so I think just exposure of of, of having it on, I wish I would have done more classical, just played it thinking of my children. For some reason, I thought they would just pick it up because I did, I did, but it was in my right. house. And, you know, I, I mean, the fact that they can't sing all the Beethoven symphony themes, I'm just like, oh, fail. Oh, my gosh, you're all getting Beethoven. Like, honestly, you can see I'm upset about no it. No fail there. And, and I... <laughs> But there's a few points that you brought out, and I love the fact that you honestly that you you've exposed your children to this wide range of music. Yeah, because that's that's what we did. You know, Sundays it was it was more classical, more you know church religious based, but any other time there was always music playing. Yeah, and it was just anything. And it, and it was fun and you know, we'd be singing in the musicals and all along and, and just, it was funny on um, Sunday, our, our kids come home and we, we have Sunday dinners, you know, they're, they're, they're out of the house and have their own homes and they come home and we're outside on the back porch on the back deck and we're having this conversation. And next thing I bet 10 times Sunday in midstream, and all of a sudden, somebody breaks out in song. Yes. yes. One word is said, or <laughs> one, and all of a sudden, it goes into this song and this theme of something. And I am just, I'm sitting back like you, you know, and just like, Good yeah. mommy. You know, I, we did something right. But it's this, it's this did something right. Connected our families. And yeah. I'm just really, I'm kind of laughing and just thoroughly enjoying this whole thing. As they break out in song yes. in all these different things, you know, and it just, it was so fun, yeah, but it comes down to exposure. Yeah. Yeah. They all, all have heard it if they're singing together, right? They've all heard it. They all connect to it and then they connect to each other. Right. Yeah. And I think that we need to also learn to expose ourselves and love the music that our kids love. Yes. That's a great it's another way to connect. Yes, 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 absolutely. I was just, it made me think with your kids. My kids will do that too. Our family band, we have two. One is the Killers and one is U2. And you 2 if you know my husband at all, like he quotes him all the time in Sunday school and anytime he can at <laughs> church, like he kind of belongs to the church of U2. And, and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He also loves the killers we've seen as a family. I think we've seen them in concerts like six or seven times. And it does bond. Like we are different people and really independent and um, have a lot of similarities, but a lot of differences. And it does bond us like to go to these things and create these memories and, you know, sing the songs at home. And we, yeah, it's. It, it really does. Two Christmases ago, because I was wanting to, you know, memories and 
how can we create some memories and not just give stuff, yeah. right? And we wanted to go see Celine Dion. Oh, awesome. In my of us, you know, we hadn't, we hadn't taken that opportunity and we knew things, you know, sh- we're wrapping up there oh. and we, we gave Celine Dion tickets. Oh. I knew my children would love it. Love, love, love it. Yeah. I had no idea that my bonus kids would love it as much as they did. And it just united us. And that, I mean, my, my bonus daughter, she just starts crying and I'm like, what? She was so excited. Yeah. Yeah. And we connected on this different level. Yeah, yeah, right. With the music, right? Right. And and so I love, I just love music. I love the influence and I love how it can affect my day. Yeah. Yep. Completely. Yep. Um, one of the things I've been really focusing on lately, and I think a lot of people are a little bit concerned with what's going on in the world with COVID and just everything that's going on. I thought, well, what can I do? What can I do to be healthier? What can I do to boost my immune system? Mm. I'm going to quote, this is what I found. Numerous studies, including a 2019 review in the journal Annual Research and Review in Biology, have found that performing and listening to music can have a significant impact on our immune system. Really? Isn't that amazing? Mm. And, you know, just then going in and it talks about COVID and the fear. And then it says, everyone is looking for ways to mitigate that stress and boost the immune system to ward off viral infections. Certainly music has an impact on the brain and anxiety and stress Mm. impact the immune system. And that was Andrew Levin, a neurologist at the University of Pittsburgh. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. And what it does to our brain. Yeah. And yeah. And the the part that stuck out to me was reducing anxiety again. <laughs> I sit with COVID um, and ha- having some more time. I have two kids left at home. One just moved back. So now I have three again. Um, but it, you know, with them staying more at home and I'm driving around less, I did have more time and I started practicing again on a more regular basis, which I probably haven't done for um, maybe 15 years. Wow. I mean, I have not, I have not been playing the piano, all company and things like this, but not any sort of solo stuff. And um, I do, th- it's been really, really healing for me just to go through and, and play. It really does. It lowers anxiety. Um, it is interesting what it does to your brain. I always thought, I mean, I rarely get sick. I always thought it was because I was always around kids, you know, they have such a strong immune system, but maybe it was both. Maybe it was also just engaging in music all the time. I think you're, I think it was both. Yeah, that's neat. And, and I think that's something that, you know, all of us can do. And it's going, it goes on and it talks to, it talks about a couple other things in scientific studies about music and health. And one was listening to music was better than a prescription than prescription medications in reducing stress before surgery. Wow. I mean, really it's magical. Why? 
It is magical. Why does it do that? I mean, I is that is I I don't know. It's just sound, right? It's just organized. But that sound creates those vibrations. Yeah, yeah, and our body responds to it. It's and our body responds to it, isn't it? I mean, it's just powerful. And and then it says music listeners had higher numbers of an immune cell called natural killer cells, whose job it is to attack bacteria infected cells and cancerous cells really wow and just any kind of music was it specific any kind it wasn't specific it's just saying music and it talks about lowering the levels of cortisol Uh our stress hormone i had heard about you know different science projects and things through the years you know when our kids were growing up and and music being one of them and playing beautiful classical music versus, or just even beautiful music. It could have been anything that was really had a positive. Right. 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 Versus some really hard, hard. Yes. Darker stuff. Right. Which there is. Right. There is. And I, I had a greenhouse at the time and I decided I was going to see what happened. And so I started playing music out there and, I have never had such healthy, gorgeous flowers as I did when I did that little experiment. That is crazy. Isn't that crazy? The plants reacted to it too? The plants reacted too. I'm telling you. And yeah, the vibrations. There's something, right? There's something physical that goes on. There, there is. And so yeah. I think, okay, so if it's doing these these positive things – and I'm stressed out or I'm worried about this or that, you know, it's all of a sudden again, cause I've kind of got out of that habit of mm. turning that music on or kind of sit in the stress a little bit too much. Yeah. But the last few weeks since I've read what the power of music was with my health and with my stress, man, I have that music on and I love it. Has it made a difference? It has made a difference. I am not nearly as stressed out and that anxiety. I'm getting way more accomplished. Really? Because I I can focus. It seems like instead of having this scatterbrain. Yeah, yeah. Energy everywhere. Right. It's like I can focus down and, and, and be there. And I it's it's a key. It's a key for me. And I don't think it's just for me. Just, you know, based on your experiences and the things you're sharing, I think really... This is a key to, for all of us. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And this is a great, a great time to both use it and to maybe, maybe have a little bit more time or space to try something new. You know, if you left an instrument, it's a great time to, to go try and do it, do it again. I mean, one of the things that I gave myself permission to, as to do as I started practicing again, which was hard for me was um, just practice to practice. Like, don't think I'm going to practice this so I can play it for somebody or I'm going to practice it so I can perform it. I even started just learning the sections of the pieces I liked and I gave myself, which was hard. I had to give myself permission to just learn a section and not, because I always would think, no, you have to learn, you know, those part, like the 18th variation of the Rachmaninoff, like the Rhapsody. Everybody loves the 18th variation, but I would think, if you're going to play that, you've got to play the whole thing. But I didn't want to practice the whole thing. And I just gave myself permission to 
just learn the parts, do it for you, you know? And I think it, you don't have to have any, I, I do think music is beautiful when it's shared, but also if that is any sort of pressure for you, just to give yourself permission to say, it's also fine for me just to participate in it for me, you know, and it doesn't need to be at any level or any sort of perfection or, you know, that I'm going to go perform this for anybody, but just, I thought it was interesting when you said this, the listening and the performing, because the first thing I thought was, oh no, performing gives you stress. <laughs> I thought how interesting that the study said the performing, which means probably engaging in an instrument yourself. Right. right? So it's interesting that that also has an effect. I, I agree. And you know, what I love that you just said was giving yourself permission. I, I think that's really, you know, one of the gifts I've, I've been trying to change my mindset about what's been going on these last several months. Mm-hmm. And instead of being frustrated, I've wanted to say, well, what are the gifts? Mm-hmm. What are the gifts that I have seen because of? That's great this extra time we all have because we, and one time really is a gift. I think we were all so overscheduled. I love seeing, I, what I'm seeing is more families engaged as families. Yes. You know, we have the the park, the soccer field and that behind us and it's families out there doing things or families out for a bike ride. I'm, you know, so I think these are all positives. But one of the things that I was surprised, and it was just Saturday, and I was kind of reflecting a little bit, and I thought, it's given me the time to become friends with myself. Hmm. Sounds really weird. Yeah. But I used to be so overscheduled in the fact that I just wanted to be around people. I wanted to go to lunch with my friends. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. And a lot of it was just, I don't know, you know, I just want, I wanted to be physically in a room with my friends and those people I loved and, and not cause you know, I think we all have things we want to work on ourselves, you know, and we could, we, we maybe aren't the gentlest and kindest with ourselves. We're really pretty hard on ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn to become my friend. Mm. And so all of a sudden I found myself being kinder and not as hard on yourself, on myself. Wow. That's good. And so, you know, another gift. So when you gave yourself permission to do this and permission to do it in a way that you enjoyed it. Right. Right. There wasn't shame. There wasn't guilt. I think a lot of us, function behind you know there's shame guilt fear you know all these things and that's why we do something or we don't do it for ourselves because then that's selfish no right right that's right we can do things for ourselves and love it that's right and then that does have an outward effect on others right so this thing where you're thinking it might be selfish but if it makes you happier or more balanced, then you have more to give when you're interacting with other people, hopefully, right? That it will right. create that circle of, of goodness if you're right. You know. And there's I think- so much more to give. Yes. We, you know, we fill our buckets and we there we have more to give. That's right. 
and more ability to love and engage. And so for me, these are super positive things. I cannot go on without asking you about your experience at Carnegie Hall. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I don't know that anybody's ever asked me about this. Wow. So I'm just thinking, what was it like? I mean, it's kind of a blur. It was a while ago. Right. (laughs) I played there as a result of winning some sort of competition. I did so many competitions growing up. And I mean, my biggest memory, I don't even remember what I wore. I just remember being so, so, so scared. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't remember my, I kind of remember that I wasn't so pleased with how I played. But that's the hardest on ourselves. Yeah, that's pretty, I I can remember maybe one of my However many times I performed in my life when I was performing all the time, I can remember one where I don't listen back and not that all my performances were recorded, but there's one where I don't listen back and like just sit in cringing like, Oh, oh, don't. And yeah, I, yeah, this, this is my love, love, hate with performing is it was just an intense it's I, I am a performer and I love I mean, give me a microphone and I, w- I won't shut up. It's a little embarrassing. But um, playing classical music is intense because you're expected to do everything perfectly on such a granular level. And kind of, I, it kind of feels like brain surgery, you know, without, right. like, you can't make a mistake. At least we're not killing anybody. You just suffer, like, intense shame when you <laughs> do something What I love about this is how real you are. Oh. And and really it can come down into d- everyday life of what we expect of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't have to be perfect. Yes, that's hard for me to even hear. Sure. We don't. <laughs> and you know, one of the things I was I was chatting with some friends that stopped by and we were outside on the porch. Sunday and somewhere along the way it came up about that back our our listeners might be surprised when I say that we really were very vulnerable people mm-hmm. and open about a lot of things and some experiences and things happened with our son that were very public mm-hmm. and very open and I'm just inside just cringing and I mean, why did this have to be so public? You know, he had he had had like um, I want to say eight seizures within this short forty eight hour period of time, and he hadn't been having seizures up to this last little bit. And and the doctors were explaining to us it was like a computer rebooting every time he had had one of these seizures, and so you know how it kind of comes back and it's bit by bit and. He, um, I, I'm pretty sure I haven't said anything about this because this is one of my really, really hard things that I still wish didn't happen was one day he wasn't thinking right and he was scared to death and he was hearing things and he thought somebody was breaking in the house and the next day there's a fire, you know, it was, then there was a fire and it was just, he was 
not in his right mind, right? Right. And so here's this really super public thing, and I am feeling, you know, one, just terrible for him that this would happen, but two, there was a little shame creeping up in me, thinking, oh, no, what are people going to think? So worried about what the world thinks. Right. And in reality, we found out who really loved us. Mm. And we became far more approachable Mm. because all of a sudden people that were struggling and having hard times in their life realized that we were too. It was kind of like it brought us together that they weren't alone, which really is the impetus of Karen the Load. Mm. And why we've even felt this urgency to create this community to be there one for another to help lift the burden mm-hmm. and that load mm-hmm. and you know create that that trail marker that to help people know they're on the right path mm-hmm. and music is such a key mm-hmm. after surgery and my son had brain surgery and all of these um seizures there were certain pieces on the piano he could still play. Really? Memorized. Wow. Very difficult for him to read the music or to remember. He couldn't learn new new music and it frustrated him. Yeah. But he felt it, it brought back this sense of there's a part of me that still can do something. Yeah, yeah. That's a part of who he is. So it's, such a strong part of who he is. Right. And so here's... Again, this power of music, and I think, you know, music therapy in the hospital or all these different things, and what can we do just to, and how better our lives will improve if we just added music. Yeah, yeah, and it can be a simple thing, you know, especially these days where you can access it anywhere, right, on your phone, in your car, you know, every everybody that has Alexa or whatever. I mean, it's just at anywhere. And so I think, and it is such a simple thing, like how you were saying that you just are starting to incorporate it in your day and listen to it more. Just um, find those places or get into the habit of of putting putting something on. I mean, this morning, all during the school year, when my kids are eating breakfast, we listen to the, we have Alexa, and we listen to the station Yacht Rock, which is just the best. Have you listened to Yacht Rock? Oh, I oh have it's them. the best like Steely Dan and Weezer and like old Michael Jackson is. Oh, I need to listen to the story. Oh, it's good. It gets you so happy for the day. So, and I hadn't done that for a while and I turned it on this morning. And again, I was like, Oh yeah, now my day is going to go real smooth. And yeah, it just, it's an easy thing to do. And I mean, also being quiet and still is, is good too. I mean, there's a balance in all things, but just to make sure that, that becomes a part of your daily life, whether you're playing it or listening to it, you know, something that you enjoy. And again, not what you're supposed to listen to, but just what you really want to listen to. I would, again, that, that helps me to just take off the limiter of putting, I love, yes, I love putting rules on things and structure. I'm very comfortable with frameworks and boundaries and things like that. Um, but just to saying, I just want to listen to what I want. I mean, it's calorie free. It's just, you can just go for it, right? You don't have to do it for very long. So incorporating a little bit of that every day, whether 
you know, at the beginning of your day or the end of your day. It's Motab does a great album of college fight songs too. It's really, really great. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of, there's, it's infinite. I'm a, I'm a Motab groupie. You I, are? <laughs> they're, fanta- they're fantastic. They are fantastic. And, you know, we listen to a lot of Christmas music. Yeah. And it's not limited to just Christmas. Yeah. You yeah. know, there there is something about that. And so I, I, you know, I love all these things that you're, you're sharing and, and, and talking about, but, you know, is there anything that you've been wanting to share that we haven't touched on? Um, what, one of the things I've been thinking about, which does have to do every, everything ties back to music for, for me. So um, even though it may, might not be music specific, I, I, I gain all understanding through my process with music. In fact, I was talking to one of my friends. Oh yeah. I was talking to my old college roommate who went to Peabody with me and um, she was a conductor and she's telling me how she would wake up every morning and meditate. And I said, Oh, what, what is me- like, what kind of meditation are you doing? And she's naming all these things off. And I said, what does that look like? And, and she's starting to say something and, and she said, let me put it into a musical analogy for you. And I said, I was just about to ask, like, <laughs> what, can you give me something to tie this to? Cause I don't understand what you're saying. And, um, but this, this, um, what I've been learning in COVID time, um, where everything feels really out of control, right to a person. And I think there are a lot of us who feel safe, more safe in control. Um, I agree. Right. Than out of control. And there's that process um, that I've been learning in my practicing too, of that control is good and necessary to kind of head you in a direction. And we, we don't want to throw it out. Um, but at the same time, I find this in my own playing is it's really hard for me to let go, you know, especially in a classical, maybe it's, maybe it's easier for, you know, maybe like a jazz musician or somebody who's improvising, but when I'm supposed to reproduce something so specifically, what I've learned to do really well is a lot of repetition, a lot of exactness, a lot of control, control, you know, practicing something over and over. So I have control of my sound. So I have control of um, every individual finger, plus just this granularity of of every finger has a different amount of control in it. I mean, it's just an amazing amount of control. Um, and what I've been trying, what I've been forced to do, and it has reflected in my, I mean, reflected in my playing in the sense of I'm just aware of it. I don't think I'm good at it yet, but of the power of letting go and and becoming part of the energy, you know, getting in the flow of things instead of trying to control, you know, it's like, let the river carry you where it's going to carry you instead of always continuing to try and steer or, you know, that the movie contact where they have the, have you seen that movie? And they get the plans to make the spaceship. Uh-huh. And- when they finally get it going and they add the chair because they realize it's this empty kind of space. And how are you going to be in this space? You're going to be tossed about. So they add the chair and um, with the seatbelt, cause that's familiar to us and that's safe. And then, 
you know, um, Jodie Foster's character takes off and it starts to rattle and, you know, and and she feels like she's going to die. And then eventually the chair breaks free and it's just stillness of like, just let it go. And I think um, that both in life and, and in my music, man, it's hard. I am not good at it, but there is this balance of Yes, control, organization, we're going to make order, we're going to have a purpose, go in a direction that's needed, but to keep it in a balance of the flow and letting go and being flexible and taking time to um, be present and do what's needed, you know, letting go of what your plan might have been. We're all forced to do this and I think have been forced to get better at it, whether we like it or not. And I just hope as things will return to normal, which they don't ever feel like they will, but they will, that we, I, I hope I can remember some of those things that space feels uncomfortable to me. Um, but there's a lot of discovery and a lot of beauty that can be found there. So everything that you're sharing, cause I think it's this unfamiliar and we're trying to make it Fit that right. puzzle, that last puzzle piece. Yes, fit right. Yes, and then, um, but and then becoming part of it and, and just quit the resistance. Yes, something with that resistance and and that balance, and and finding the joy. You know, enjoying yes. where we're at. Yeah, you know, there's so many things with this experience. And when we talk about you know getting back to normal, I honestly think normal is going to be very. I honestly hope it's different than the normal. I want people to remain positive, the family and connection and, you know, all these things that we got so disconnected in so many ways, those things, I hope that we don't forget. I hope so too. You know, the, the little things that maybe we, I know that I took for granted that when I can go back and not, you know, even go back to church, Right. And right. go meet and gather with my my congregation. Yep. I can hardly wait. Yeah. You know, and I really think that's something I took for granted before. Totally. And so there's things like that that I cannot wait to learn and enjoy and to the process of becoming whatever we're supposed to become here. You know, this has just been delightful, Christy. Oh, and I, you know, everything about care on the load is that we're stronger together. Mm, I love it. And Mark and I don't profess to have all the answers. Right. Good. And but we know that together we we can create a unified community that supports one another and offers this hope and this healing. And and that's that's our goal. And I hope that that you can be become a more regular part of Care in the Load and and that you, our listeners, will feel welcome in yes. this community and, yeah. and know that you you are needed mm-hmm. and that we would love to have you join with us. So please take care and keep caring. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you've enjoyed our conversation with Christy Skousen. As we discussed music, I don't think it was hard to tell how much music has blessed my life. Bono said, music can change the world because it can change people. Cahil Gibran said, music is the language of the spirit. 
it opens the secret of life, bringing peace, abolishing strife. Maria von Trapp said, Music acts like a magic key to which the most tightly closed heart opens. Gordon B. Hinckley said, We recognize the universal power of music to touch the hearts of men and women everywhere and in all generations, to inspire and encourage, to sustain and lift, to comfort and bring peace. Each of us has a story to share. Author Brene Brown reminds us that owning our story is the bravest thing you will ever do. The stories and experiences our guests share inspire us, as well as help us to grow and connect with others. We invite you to become a part of Karen the Load community through social media, as well as to share the site with those you know. Please follow us and subscribe to Karen the Load podcast. We are stronger together. Keep Karen. Mm -hmm.